When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your ears do not deceive you. You've just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. Welcome to uh, Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner. Um, the the most alliterative uh, podcast title in comics? I, I don't know. Um, but uh, hi, I'm one of your hosts, Jimmy Gasparro, and uh, I am with Comic Book Yeti. And I am with uh, an artist and writer who's on the podcast today. Um, by the time this episode airs and you're listening to it, uh, they're going to be gung-ho, uh, full throttle, and full tilt with their new Zoop campaign. But uh, it is uh, Jason Copeland to talk all about full tilt, all about his history in comics. I'm very excited to talk to him today. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Jason. How you doing? Thanks, Jimmy. I'm doing great, thanks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Great intro. <laughs> I try. I mean, I do okay, and it's just. Yeah. But, but thank you for your kind words. Um. So how, how long? How long have you been doing this? Oh, I've been doing this. Just. Um. I think we've had the podcast going for a little more than a year, but we've had oh. we have over a hundred episodes between Byron and myself. So, um, it's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, I never thought now. I'd. Yeah, I, I think, ish. I don't know. I just like to Excellent. talk to people. <laughs> and after I talk all day, then I go home and my hobby is talking to people. So <laughs> after talking all day at work, but it's fine. Uh, I do the best I can. I usually start like getting uh, tongue tied a little bit uh, by if we go too much into the 10 o'clock hour. That's like usually my limit. It's like, all right, Jimmy's talked enough today. Uh, <laughs> um, so full tilt. Uh, I am have heard so many good things about this from folks who have gotten a glimpse of it, who know you, know how long you've been working on this. I, the materials that Zoop sent over said you've been working on fill, full tilt for, I think, over five plus years. It's a 300 plus page graphic novel. And I mean, I, I love from the, the, the materials that Zoop sent over, I got to see a little bit of like an unlettered preview I mean, your artwork is so fantastic. And for anyone listening now who hasn't uh, gone over to the, the Zoop campaign or hasn't visited Jason's website, um, I mean, this ticks a lot of boxes in terms of stuff that I'm interested in. It takes place in New Manhattan in the 23rd century. So it's the new future. It talks about a despondent citizenry who are uh, wasting away the time on technology and other frivolous things, corrupt law enforcement. There are gladiators, which is always very exciting that we're paying people money to fight each other, I guess, and five crime families. So we have a mix, I, it feels like, of 40s, 50s, into the 70s with like things like reminiscent of The Godfather, like gangster, mobster-style films with a noir um, and kind of a character who sounds uh, great name, by the way, Massimo Miller, uh, classic comic book, alliterative name. 
Um, <laughs> but Massimo Miller sounds like a street smart kind of guy. I think in the materials I send, he's like the conciliary to one of the mob bosses. And it starts with like his journey after um, a hit. And it's now people are after him. He's got to make his way across New Manhattan, it sounds like. I mean, I just love everything about this. And all rendered from the preview I saw, which I think is the opening of the comic in this stark, you know, black and white. Um, it just it just looks awesome. I just can't wait to get my hands on it and read the whole thing. But well, fo- folks don't listen to this podcast. I think to listen to me. I think they want to they want to hear from you. So tell me, kind of, what was like? What's what made you want to do this? What was it that made you, out of all the things that you could do, looking at some of your other work, like Kill All Monsters? kaiju and robot stuff what made you want to t- tackle this really somewhat set in the future but it sounds like a, a like a very human <laughs> to compare it to kill all monsters kind of story yeah um i don't know uh i think that uh i was just getting a little bit um disillusioned with the um the comic book publishing world uh how uh you know uh when new series get announced it's always the writer it's the writer's new book um and that sort of thing and uh and so part of it was i just wanted to uh not get lost in the pr and i figure if i wrote it (laughs) and i drew it there's no way that my name could get left off there so um so that was one of the that was one of the things it wasn't the main driving force for it but um i just had hit a point where i thought uh that i had i had read enough scripts i had read enough comics i got a sense of what it took to write uh maybe a little bit naive but you know i thought i had an understanding of what it took to write a book and uh just decided um there was a gap in my schedule and i just decided to, to, to put my toe in the water and see what happened and um and luckily uh things just kind of started falling into place i mean i like you said at the beginning, I have been working on this a rather long time, um, and it's partially because it kept growing. <laughs> the original idea of this <laughs> book was supposed to be about 140 pages, um, and then as I started working and I was adding new scenes and I was giving characters more motivation and and then starting to write some of the backstory, and then realized about two years in, I was about a, I don't know. About a hundred pages into the drawing, and I realized that I didn't actually have a full sense of what the story was. I had all these bits that I had done. I didn't just sit okay. down and write the script like any normal person would have. I <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it was you know artists they like to <laughs> uh, they they fancy themselves like they could write, so they start they have a scene and they're like okay, and you start drawing it, and then maybe in the in the margins you you put some of the dialogue that you're thinking about and whatever. And, and then you move on to the next, Oh, that'd be cool if this other scene, and you don't write all this stuff down and you, you're kind of, you know, shooting from the hip and you're kind of figuring stuff out as you go, because I being the first time that I ever wrote anything, I didn't really have a process. Like I don't have a roadmap for how to write a book. Like, I mean, I've read books on how to write books, but I've right. never actually just sat down and f- tried to figure it all out. And of course, being an artist, I wanted to draw. So, um, so instead of sitting and, and writing, I just kind of did this half drawing, half writing thing. And, um, yeah. So after, 
after about two years, I got really nervous that I had just wasted two years of time because it didn't, I didn't have a great sense of the, the whole, like I, all the parts were cool, but I didn't know if it all would come together. So I actually took a year off and wrote it. I decided that's it. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write this thing. And I also thought, well, I should probably get an editor to kind of make sure you know, I'm on the right path here because I'm doing this pretty much all on my own. And, um, and so I did that. I took a year off and I wrote it and I sent it to my editor, James Powell, uh, who I actually did some work with him on Kill All Monsters, him and uh, me and Mike, uh, Mike May, the writer of Kill All Monsters. So, so I knew James and uh, so I brought him in and he read it and I was pleasantly surprised that he actually thought it was pretty good because um, <laughs> I was expecting it to, to fail the editor's you know, the red check marks. I was like, Oh God, here comes the red pen. Um, and it was pretty strong and he gave me some notes and I went back and I, I changed some stuff and it made it stronger. So after a year of that and a little bit of, uh, re-editing, um, I had now had a full script and I went back to drawing. So the, the path of the book is very, you know, wavy. It's very stop and start. Sometimes it feels, and I, that, you know kind of lends into like the amount of time that it's taken it it's uh it had it's not it wasn't a smooth process it was me trying to figure out how to create this thing um you know in hindsight i probably could have had it done at least a year earlier just if i had just really sat down and wrote the thing um <laughs> but again that's part of my that was the process i i got right. to the end of this book and it's a great book um and i wouldn't it would have been a different book had i not done that Mm-hmm. And, um, and because I'm happy with the book, well, I'm ecstatic with the book that I have. I'm glad I did it the way I did it. But uh, next time, <laughs> that's <laughs> not the way it's going to happen. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, it's a, it's a, it's been quite the, um, quite the thing. And it was a sort of an inner, an inner um, need to know whether I could do this. Um, you know, right. to circle back to your original question. Um, I kind of, I kind of wanted to know if I could actually pull this off. So once I had started, I, I had a good feeling that I could. And then once I was well into it, I, I, I knew that I could do it and I just had to finish it. So, um, yeah. So flash forward a couple more years and here we are. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I, I'm always curious about, you know, folks process and when I have, you know, writers or artists on, um, in particular, different writers. Do you start with an outline? Do you just start scripting? Do you do these these types of things? So, before you, when you said you took that year off and were writing it, so for the, those two years, are you, you know, working with some of the ideas you have? Are you doing any type of writing an outline, or do you immediately sit down and you're like, all right, I have this character in my head. Let me sketch the character. Let me do this. Like, how do you kind of begin with something like this? Right. Yeah, I actually did. I was working from an outline. Um, when I said I designed the characters, I, I had a few scenes that I had drawn just um, like backgrounds and I guess settings, not scenes so much. I was figuring out settings, um, kind of the the areas of town that I wanted them to look like that sort of just designing some stuff. And then uh, as I was doing that, I was putting together a an outline and it was pretty loose um because essentially it was just all the scenes that i wanted to draw and then i had to 
try to figure out how to piece them all together. And so it was, it was very, very piecemeal. And, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and I would say um, trial and error. I had, I had definitely had drawn some stuff that I had to scrap because things change, you know, that character wouldn't say that, or, you know, this conversation shouldn't happen. It needs to happen with a different character. And so I, I definitely wasted some time there uh, drawing some stuff that no one will ever see. So, um, but I did work from an outline uh, and I, and then after a certain point, I actually started the way I kind of wrote it as was dialogue. I just started doing the dialogue between the characters that were in the scene. So I knew that, you know, the Mosmo had to talk to, to uh, like Zeno, another character, and I knew they had to be in a scene. So then I just kind of put them in a room and let them talk back and forth. And, and which was really good for me because then I understood the characters better. I got a chance to kind of get an understanding of their relationship and how they would talk to each other. You know, you don't talk to your mom the same way you talk to your sister, that sort of thing. Right. Right. So, um, uh, so it's just kind of me figuring out the things that they would say or wouldn't say and how they would say it. Um, yeah. So it started with a loose outline and then dialogue. And then that was after two years when I was like, I have all this stuff. I had like, you know, and Google Docs, and I had stuff handwritten, <laughs> and I had all these scenes, like singular scenes that I had drawn, and I'm just like, I don't know how they all fit together yet, and so anyway, it was a nightmare, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I would not suggest anyone ever do that, but uh, again, it, you know, it's I had to learn, right? Right, yeah. so when you you took that year off, or from drawing to write, you did, did I mean, are you taking all the things you have you're looking at it and then putting like a full script together yeah essentially um but you know because i'm the artist i don't i didn't need to write um you know what was ha- what you know the the facial expressions between the characters in panel right. two and that's right it was it was mostly i just took the dialogue and figured out chopped it into panels like and you know i'm i'm pretty good at making sure that you know people on the the left are talking first. And so I had to make sure, you know, that, that when I was breaking it into panels and stuff, I was very conscious of, of that sort of thing. Um, Yeah. And so I just, that's what I ended up doing is just taking the dialogue. Once I had it kind of uh, in dialogue form, I just kind of chopped it into pages and panels Mm -hmm. and, you know, I did a lot of rewriting and stuff. Dialogue is always changing. Um, But um, you know, the, the crux of it was there. The, the meat and bones were all there. Um, and, uh, yeah. So the script itself, <laughs> I don't know. I'm air quoting. I don't know if anyone can see me. Yeah. It was, it was, it was full script, but it, 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 it wasn't, it, you know, it was, it's enough for the letter for Troy to be, understand what the hell I'm talking about. Right. But, but not, there's no visual cues as to, acting or anything like that like that was already that's all implied in the dialogue and i i wrote it so i knew what they were thinking and and how to draw them and that sort of stuff so so it's not really full script um but close enough for an artist i guess that writes for himself and so um how do you you work in terms of tens uh, in terms of your artwork are you 
Uh, do you do anything traditional? Are you uh, all digital? Uh, I do my roughs digitally, and my roughs are like r- quite rough. Um, I do that on my Cintiq, and I just have a template, and I figure out basically how many panels and and uh, rough it all out there, and then I print it out uh, on a the, in non photo blue uh, blue line on my boards, and then I ink traditionally. Um, no, oh, okay. Yeah. And um, I try, I try my hardest to make sure that whatever is going to be in the book is actually physically on the page. There are things that you know, there might have been a a perfect hand that was just slightly too big or too small that I would resize later. But I really try really hard to make sure that that the stuff that's on the page is is it. There's not a lot of um, digital tomfoolery after the fact it's it's most of it is right there um yeah and i and i love that i i don't think i could ever work digitally there's something about drawing on paper um that i just i i really love so yeah and um one of the other things i wanted to ask is in terms of it's uh the it's the book it's all black and the book's all black and white right yes yeah and and, i mean it, it looks it looks great. Like those, those preview pages, it just, it looks so cool. And, um, I really like the, I mean, the, the first, the panels I saw and the, the, the pages I saw, um, there's a couple of like really great dynamic, uh, action moments. And there's such a real sense of movement the whole time, which I really appreciated about it, both in like the paneling and in terms of like how the, the character kind of gets from one place to another. There was like a great <laughs> sense of, I, I don't want to give like anything away in the book, um, but I know folks are going to see preview pages at, at some point, I'm sure if they yeah. you know, m- migrate over to your website or the the Zoop campaign, but it just felt like a great sense of movement. And I guess that's, uh, I guess that's good in a story where a character kind of has to make his way <laughs> from one, one part of the city to another. So <laughs> to always feel like, uh, they're they're in motion. Um, I really like that. Well, thanks. Yeah. Um, uh, the guy was sort of the premise of the book when it first started. Full Tilt was essentially uh, I wanted it to be, um, you know, the instigating thing happens at the beginning, and then he and then he's on the move, and 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 he just goes go go, and he was going full tilt. And that's sort of how I came up with it, uh, the 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 name, and then um, and then as I got into it, I was like, well, that's, that's that doesn't really give me a lot of room for for nuance if it's just you know John Wick fight scenes all the way through. So uh, so it started like that, like it was just going to be kinetic and and just go go go, and then right. uh, and then I got into it, and then I realized that I needed more than that, and. Um, yeah, but the the pages that I showed you are one of one of the many action scenes in it. Um, so it's not to say that it got boring or slow or anything. I just uh, there there was a point where I'm like, okay, I need to add a few more elements to make this a little more interesting as a yeah, reading to, experience. To 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 flesh it out to to bring some more some more stuff into it. Yeah, that makes. I mean, I get it. Um, so in terms of like having it in black and white rather than color, was there anything in particular like an influence or just something you liked about the look of it that you, you know, like the black and white? I mean, because 
I mean, there's still black and white comics out there, you know, certainly, but I didn't know if you had a particular influence or a thought process behind, like, I, I want the book to look like this. Yeah, from right from the get-go, it was going to be black and white. I, I love black and white books. Um, they're, they're uh, yeah, I, I sometimes seek them out. <laughs> um, uh, it's not that I don't love the colorists, love to the colorists, but um, there's, yeah, there's just something a little more, um, you know, black and white, it just feels, I just feel closer to the the act of drawing with a black and white book, I guess. Um, Sometimes a lot of the colors, um, like they'll they'll do line holds, or they'll you know some of the the so some of the line gets lost in some of the coloring and stuff. Um, and if it's in black and white, I mean I'm I'm getting I'm getting exactly well not exactly but close enough of what the artist put down on the page. So um, I like that um, immediacy, uh, just black and white. Um, it just, it pops for me. Um, it's probably because I have a horrible sense of color. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I, and, uh, because I also, uh, wanted to keep the cost of the book down, yeah. um, uh, that hiring a colorist, uh, was just not going to happen. So, um, yeah. So, but I, I mean, that's, that's an aside. It was always going to be black and white. Uh, I don't think that there's, uh, any book that I'm going to do for myself that will ever be color. Although I have kicked around like uh, Ashley Wood. Um, he'll introduce like really minimal, basic flat color here and there, kind of spot color. I could see myself doing something like that, but it would never be like a full color mm-hmm. um, palette sort of situation. If uh, there's something about black and white that I just, that just hits me, you know, right in the, right in the feels. So um Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked. I mean, I, I really liked the re- reading what I did in terms of that that experience because sometimes I feel like black and white feels like you're reading an older comic. I mean, just because I get so used to color, but yeah. I liked the the what was depicted in terms of it being the 23rd century, it being kind of like the near future, and I kind of like that juxtaposition of feeling like you hear the term like a neo noir, but mm-hmm. I really kind of felt that because I'm seeing the visuals, but I have like a stark black and white comic that makes it feel like, you know, something a little out of time, although it's set in the future. So I, <laughs> I, I really felt that I really like felt like this really earned that title if 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 it did, you know. So I like that. I enjoyed it. So well, I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. No. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> so, more, more. <laughs> well, what are some of like some of your your influences in terms of this? Like, what what gets you? What do you like? Whether it's comics or a movie or a book or whatever it is that you kind of co- have, you know, consumed over the years and turned around in your brain, and now you you've come out with full tilt. Like, what are the things that have kind of inspired you a little bit, or that you you know really have taken to? that you've put into this. Right. Uh, well, Frank Miller is huge for me. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, his book Ronin. Um, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to read Ronin, but, um, no, I haven't, but I'm going to put it on my list. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, that, that book changed, changed young Jason's, uh, 
artistic arc. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed comics. I read comics uh, as a kid, um, but it was when I discovered that book that I realized that that was what comics were to me. Um, and uh, yeah. Uh, so Frank Miller, I, cause I actually missed that was after daredevil and I, I missed his daredevil stuff. Like that was not stuff that I grew up with. Um, right. That stuff had already come out. Um, so it was, uh, Ronan and then, and then, um, dark Knight returns. Um, it was kind of like a one, two where I was just like, right. wow. And then, you know, it wasn't much later since city showed up and, uh, that pretty much was, that was it. It was me and Frank Miller. Uh, <laughs> But uh, but there's plenty of other books that I love, um, and then I always blank when I start uh, <laughs> start thinking about it. But uh, the New Mutants by Bill Sienkiewicz, um, the artwork in that um, that was something that was also was like a you know it was like holy uh, comics can be so much more than uh, than what I've been reading, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, so. So that stuff, and then when they teamed up, of course, you know, uh, Electra Assassin was is another book that I'm always it's it's always close by. I love love flipping through that just to even look at it. Um, I'll get sucked in all the time. <laughs> uh, but uh, for that, you know, the, uh, comics. Uh, um, there's yeah, there's all. I always blank when I get put on the spot for stuff like this. Um, but then there's um for movies like the Warriors. I love the Warriors. Um, like the so things that kind of tie into the, or or influence this book in particular was the Warriors and uh, and Blade Runner. The that sort of um gritty uh, future. Right. Um, uh, and then of course Godfather because you know the the the, the central uh gangster film of of pretty much everyone's experience i think um mm-hmm. uh yeah those are and then tron <laughs> oh, okay yeah i won't get any tron vibes from it but i think that uh because i watched that movie so many times that i think uh that there's there's probably tron in there somewhere um i don't think i've ever really articulated my love for that movie but um uh it seeped into me and, it, and it's definitely it's definitely in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've, I've been meaning to revisit Tron for a while because it, it keeps coming up every now and again, and I haven't, I haven't seen like the original Tron in a, a long time. But I just remember being like fascinated by that when yeah. I was younger and like the first time I saw it. Yeah. Um, just the, just, just the look of it, you know, everything about it. I, yeah. real, I, I really like the aesthetic of of Tron. Yeah, well, it's full of like, I wouldn't say plot holes, but you know, it's it's not a great story, really. Uh, <laughs> but the visuals, like that, was something that that, yeah, that was yeah. that was a big thing. So, um, yeah, well, I love that you mentioned Warriors. I, Warriors is one of my favorite movies. I, I I think I own a copy of it somewhere around here, but I just you know, it's just so it feels like it's so like uh, of its time. All the different gangs it's kind of bizarre but really at the heart of it it's just a story about you know go trying to get from one place <laughs> to another and survive all in one night it's yeah. and, uh and just some great like character actors and great like you know little yeah. moments like yeah. if, you know 
say if someone says warriors come out and play and somebody you see that look in someone else's eye you're like yeah i found a friend <laughs> yeah yeah i get the balls out apparently he uh he ad-libbed that he made that up on on set they didn't plan that um yeah i love that movie that was yeah i don't know how many times i've watched that movie but it's a lot probably yeah. more than anyone should ever watch one film um yeah <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's just everyone like all the all the gangs are different, and like when you think about it, it's like was this is, w- w- would a gang really dress like that? Is that oh, no. really? Like- it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. Guys in fedoras and shiny purple vests. Yeah. I mean, like- well, yeah. Well, the heroes are wearing like you know like vests without shirts and like <laughs> fr- with fringe, and it's just it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah you no, know the 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 mimes and Yankees uniforms, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, the yeah the. <laughs> Baseball Furies, man. Oh, those guys yeah. are awesome. <laughs> they're running through the park. and Yeah, that's great, man. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's, I, I love it. Um, oh, well, taking all those things and kind of like, you know, putting it into full tilt. Um, so was there uh, a thought in terms of like when you started working on it, like what you were going to, I guess, like do with it, you know, now you you're here with like a zoop campaign. Did, was this kind of always like crowdfunding type plan for it? Um, you know, in terms of how you wanted to get the book, you know, out to people. Yeah. 100%. Um, I had never even pitched, I've never pitched it to any publisher. Um, it was never a failed project or a discarded project from something else. Um, it was always going to be crowdfunded. Uh, it was going to be significantly smaller. <laughs> it was going oh, yeah. <laughs> to be 140 pages and it was only going to take me like a year and a half or two years. Um, and then it turned into a 308 page uh, book and it took me five plus. So, uh, wow. it, but uh, it was always going to be uh, self-published. And because I, Michael and I did uh Part of Kill All Monsters, we we did a Kickstarter for that, and that was 2013 right. or something. Um, so we were fairly early uh, in on the whole crowdfunding thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so in the back of my mind was, well, I can just crowdfund this, and uh, I don't have to deal with any publishers. I don't have to deal with any editorial. I don't have to. I can make it however I like. Um, one thing I haven't really talked about, some of the preview pages that, you were shown have two page spreads. Um, this book <laughs> has a lot of them. And, um, and this was something that I did uh, semi-conscious when I started. And then I was fully conscious of it uh, because I really, um, there's something about uh, the landscape format. Like even Kill All Monsters is a landscape comic. Um, my brain seems to work better when I'm thinking uh you know, visually uh, on a landscape as opposed to a portrait sort of shaped um, canvas. So um, it was one of those things where I just like, if I felt like I was getting stuck or if I felt like I was getting bored or I wasn't enjoying something, I would shift gears and turn it into a two-page spread. And that's not to say that there was just one image, like, you know, like Kirby and um, a lot of it is there's maybe a central image and then some inset panels or even just one row of panels along the top and then a big image along the bottom, that sort of thing. Um, And that was, again, uh, I didn't want 
anyone interfering. I wanted to make the book I wanted to make. And so uh, I didn't even, at a certain point, I was like, there's no publisher that would even want to publish this because, uh, you know, it's 300 odd pages long. It wasn't written to be broken up. There's no way to turn this into individual issues. Um, it could be broken into three acts, but um, that's not what I wanted. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like, you know, it's a 300 odd page book. It's, it's got all these, uh, all these two page spreads, um, which, you know, most comics maybe have one. Uh, this is, I don't even, I haven't even counted them. Uh, at one point <laughs> I have 11, 22 consecutive two page spreads that all link. Uh, so at the, so at the end of one, it, it links up with the beginning of the next. And, and, um, so even if it goes only for like an inch or six inches or whatever, and then there'll be more panels and, and the story continues, but those 11, two pages can actually be connected to make one long 22 page thing. So, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so I was talking to the Zoop guys and I was desperately hoping that they would be able to find a printer that can make a poster of it. Right. Unfortunately, uh, that that uh, that doesn't seem to be financially feasible. <laughs> um, they found one place that could probably do it, um, but um, the the paper they have to they're limited by the paper, not the length, but the height. And the height was the shortest they have is twelve inches. So, which is essentially what what the height of one of my actual pages is is twelve inches. So this would be like like actual size and if if i put if i put all 22 pages together it's 18 feet long so uh so having a poster that is 12 wow. inches high, 18 feet long uh yeah that's probably not something that people can really uh afford for one <laughs> right but, uh, but even have wall space like where do you even put something like that yeah so oh, uh, that so would yeah, be a little tough yeah, unfortunately, that I think that idea died on the uh, on the planning table there. So, um, but that said, people can buy uh, like twenty two books <laughs> and rip the pages out. And, uh, yeah, and make their own. Exactly. Um, I've had people joke about that. Uh, I really wish that that it was possible. I wasn't even thinking like I just did it for a lark, like and and it. The first two two pagers are actually one image, but right. I but I've designed it so that they you don't they don't need to be together. They're you can you can read it on them separately. But when I did it, I was like, oh, I'll do four pages, and then I was like, oh, what happens if I stick another one? And, and so it just turned into this silly little game that I played with myself, where I was like, oh, I wonder how many pages I can stick together. And then once it got up to around 22 i'm like okay this has to end uh i've, I've <laughs> taken this as far as i can go and it really is one scene it's um it's a chase scene um characters main characters are, are in one of these vehicles and it's getting getting chased and attacked as it goes through the city and um so it's one big long action scene um that's 22 pages long and it's all visually can be connected together um and it was just something to do uh you know <laughs> and i didn't have ed editorial saying you can't do that so i did it right yeah i uh, made you your book 
You're, yeah. You can do it. Exactly. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think for the Kickstarter or I keep saying Kickstarter, cause that was my brain was like, for the Zoop campaign, right. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the pages out on my floor and then I'm just going to like try to slowly film it so that people can see, uh, see it all in its entirety so just take a right. camera and like just kind of pan over the top and walk along and, and film it so that at least people can get some sort of experience of it all together right because uh like i say uh there's no way we're going to make a poster for it and yeah. unless unless people want to buy multiple copies to rip up they're never right. really going to get a chance to see it so um yeah well maybe maybe start publicizing on um TikTok, maybe that can be your first uh, TikTok. That 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 could be the new uh, comics promotion marketplace. I, I heard some. There are some like uh, reviewers and PR people who have uh, comic TikTok. So uh, that's your first one. I got to tell you, I'm so anti, uh, uh, not anti TikTok because I've never actually watched a TikTok, but I'm so bad with technology that uh, the idea of starting anything new is just. Uh, it's just not daunting. Bad. Yeah, I, I'm not on TikTok, but my wife is. That's the only way we communicate. Is she sends me TikTok she thinks I will like, and then I give them a thumbs up, and uh, that's our communication for the day. <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, a glimpse into my home life, loyal listeners. There you know. <laughs> um, you know, I'm curious in terms of like setting this in the future. Was there, you know. Uh, other than some of the influences you mentioned, was there, there anything in particular that you wanted to set it and kind of it, it, like in, in the future and, and like, what did you have to do to give some thought to, well, what are things going to look like in the future? You know, I'm always kind of interested when like comics or books or movies talk about that and, you know, some get it right and it's like, Oh, that was really prophetic. And some get it, you know, kind of wrong. Like i I was this past weekend. I was hanging out with some friends, and Demolition Man was on in the background. So you know that was fun, but they they got some of the future stuff yeah. not quite right. So I was just curious why you wanted to set it in the future, and what kind of things you thought about, like what this world would look like. Yeah, uh, one reason, the main reason I think that I set it in the future is because I can get away with anything in the future. Um, uh, you know, and I set it far enough into the future that current things wouldn't really play into. Uh, where the story starts. Um, okay. Cause this, this, you know, it's like 200 years into the future. So, right. um, so it kind of gave me a clean slate. So, uh, I've always liked the idea, uh, you know, I'm a science fiction fan. I like science fiction films and such. Um, starting from scratch, uh, felt like it's was too much, but so staying on earth made sense, mm -hmm. but for it to be more fantastical and have, flying cars, which I have and have, you know, booster packs and all this sort of stuff. Um, it needed, it needed to be far enough in the future, uh, so that it was plausible. Um, but I didn't want it like, you know, 3000 years ahead of it or whatever. Um, so, so for the, the setting for the, as a future thing was, was more just that a convenience so that I could make, um, things, uh however i wanted to and no one could really say no nah, that's not you can't do that or or that's not feasible or that doesn't make sense you know technology anything could you know flying cars are are a possibility in the future um 
Yeah. So, but I also like, again, you know, it goes to the Blade Runner and that sort of thing. I like the, the idea of a, I guess I'm sl- slightly pessimistic, but the, the, I don't see the world being shiny and bright in, in 200 years. Um, and so it, it, that sort of, uh, post, uh, environmental crisis sort of scenario, right. um, where, um, where the, the grittiness of life can be, uh, reflected in the way I draw. Um, I don't have to make, if, if it was a, if it was like a pretty future and everything was, was pristine and, and, you know, the architecture was beautiful and stuff, I'd have to draw like that. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't draw like that. So, um, so if I set it in like a kind of gritty star Warsian sort of future where, uh, well, we have technology, but everything's kind of run down or um, that fits my style and and my wheelhouse, really. Right. More, more than, um, you know, it being uh, kind of a, a shiny, uh, I want to say positive future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I know this is something about um, having that sort of uh, the freedom to, to draw essentially whatever I wanted to. Um, and then the other thing was too, is that the, the city itself. So it's, it's ruled by five different crime families. Um, and I never made a map of the city or anything, but so it's, it's all sort of just in my head, but every section of the city that's owned by, by a different family has, have di- has different architecture. So I've created, um, different, a different look for every section of the city. So that was another thing that the city, I wanted the city to be part of, like it'd be a character essentially, kind of like Gotham. Um, it had a, it has, it has, uh, it has life and it takes up space within this. It's, it's just not a backdrop. Mm-hmm. It's, it's part of, of, of the whole. And, um, and I just thought it, the future felt like I could do that too. Like I can get away with that in the future. So. Did you enjoy that in, in terms of the the challenge of giving every different area a different architecture? Or did, at any point, you were just like, "Man, why did I do this?" <laughs> well, I love drawing buildings. So oh, well, then there you go. Exactly. So again, this book is, is is I started this book because I wanted to draw the things that I like to draw, uh-huh. and so that was one of the things. Was like, well, it's got to be there's got to be lots of buildings, and and you know, uh, I, I like drawing gross buildings and I like drawing, you know, uh, brutalist type buildings. And, and so I have, I have all these different, um, styles that I kind of stole stuff from and, um, and kind of just created the reality that is full tilt. Um, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and I never, I never once was, was cursing myself for the, for the buildings. Oh, cool. Good. <laughs> it, well, tell, tell me about, you know, what you can about without giving anything away about your main character, about uh, uh, Massimo Miller, like kind of what, what did you want him to be? Uh, that is uh, something that uh, I, I guess I, he's kind of me. Um, uh, he's uh, he's a guy that lives by, by certain codes. Um, of course, uh, I'm not exactly like him. I've not, 
I don't belong to a crime syndicate, and I you're not a conciliary for her, and, uh, and I don't <laughs> I don't necessarily condone the things that uh, that that uh, that those organizations may or may not do. Um, but I think the core of him as a person, beyond uh, those moral uh, <laughs> problems, right. um, I feel it was a, he's kind of a mirror of me. Uh, you know uh, the way he thinks about uh, relationships and people. Um, and so I, I think that he, I think he's a good person. He just ha- got dealt bad deck of cards early in life. Uh, I can't talk too much about his background because uh, later in the book, we get an understanding of where he came from and who he is okay. and, and the choices that he made. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's one of, it's like one of those catch 22s is, yeah, I'd love to tell you, but then you, uh, then people would be, uh, they know, and then it would diminish any sort of uh, experience from reading it. Uh, it's like re- watching trailers that give way too much. Then what's the point of going to see the movie? You just watch yeah. the movie. So, uh, uh, yeah, but uh, he's um, he's uh, you know the the conciliere. He's uh, he's the Rand man, the hit the dawn. Uh, uh, Trusts him fully. He trusts he trusts him more than his son, which is a bone of contention with the son. Um, it's one of the reasons why they they argue so much uh, is that uh, is that Mosmo is essentially uh, stepped in uh, in the role of the son, and the son is a little bit ticked off by that. Um, so there's family dynamics, you know, power struggle, that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. um, and so he's. He's trying to affect change within the organizations and make them uh, a little less criminal. Um, and then that's one of the reasons why he has some trouble uh, <laughs> and the story kind of moves forward. Um, so, so overall, he's a, he's a, he's a pretty stand-up guy other than the fact that he works uh, as a, you know, as an advisor to a crime boss, but um, yeah. I think he, I think he's an okay guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I answered your question. I might have danced around it a little. <laughs> well, I think you did a, as best your job as you could without wanting to uh, <laughs> give anything away to the listeners who are going to who are going to read it and to me because I, yeah. I I can't wait to read all of it. Um, and so um, I also wanted to mention the I, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier on, but the book is. Um, it's lettered by uh, Troy uh, Troy Pateri. Uh, Pateri. Yeah. And how did the two of you connect? Have you worked together before? Oh well, we actually have. Um, so Troy and I, um, through Mark Wade, um, got kind of connected. Um, and I was working on a on a short story anthology, um, and and Troy wrote it, and it was just sort of like, oh, um, hey, how's it going? And so we met in Chicago and we chatted and we talked about stuff and we actually kicked around a few ideas. And then, uh, I got, I got busy doing some other stuff. So we've never, other than the short story that we did quite a while ago now, probably like 10 years ago. Um, we've just kept in touch. Um, and, and just, you know, that's the beauty of social media and, and all the, 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 the Facebooks and things is that, you know, right. it's, it's easy enough to kind of keep in touch with the people that you want to keep in touch with. So we've managed to, yeah, the to hang out and still be cool after all these years, and yeah, uh, and you know he does 
he's like the top cow guy. He like does all, lettering for all the top cow stuff. And he, um, has been doing, um, like some Batman, like lots of stuff at DC. Um, and, uh, I think he just did the Mark Silvestri. He's doing the Mark Silvestri stuff. So, um, you know, oh, is, yeah. he, is he doing that, uh, the, the Batman Joker one that Mark Silvestri is doing? I can't remember the title, but probably, cause I don't know if Mark Silvestri is doing too many other books, but, um, but yeah, uh, I'm super stoked to be working with Troy cause he's, he's top notch. Cause to me, you know, seeing the art is fine. Uh, but as soon as you get the lettering on it, then it's really comic books. So, um, you know, I've been living with these pages, some of these pages for five plus years, and I'd love to be able to see them, um, push one, that one step further towards completion. So, so once everything's, you know, have you thought about like once everything's wrapped up with the, the Zoop campaign in terms of putting so much time into this, um, are you are you the type of person that like takes a break, recharges, or are you just you're already on to the next thing? Uh, well, so Michael May and I are going to do more Kill on Monsters. Um, oh, awesome! Yeah, Mike's already written it. I haven't read it. Uh, <laughs> I feel so bad. It was about uh, because I keep making full tilt bigger and longer. Um, right. <laughs> actually, it was about two years ago. I said, "Okay, Mike, uh, this winter I should be done, and we can start doing Kill on Monsters." And this was probably like. 2020 and uh so like winter of 2020 i should be done full tilt <laughs> and we can start working on so he's he wrote the script and uh and then of course you know another year went by and i'm like you know sorry mike and <laughs> another year went by sorry mike so we're at the point now where um yeah once once full full tilt has uh done its cycle of uh going to zoop and all that we, I'm jumping right into uh, new Kill All Monster stuff, so I'm really excited about that. Because um, for well, one, I love it. Uh, two, I love Mike. He's he's fantastic. And uh, and three, just to be able to work with somebody. I've been talking to myself for five years, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, having having somebody to chat with, uh, you know, over pages or layouts or whatever uh, is going to be a, a welcome surprise. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's good <laughs> yeah for sure you'll now have somebody somebody else to talk to <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> um you know i've uh i don't know if i've asked this question too much but i've certainly heard others uh talk about it in terms of writing or drawing whatever it might be in the comic process but kind of having a a, a soundtrack or something like on in the background. It, it seems like full tilt is the kind of story that, you know, <laughs> kind of lends itself to having some type of like musical accompaniment. Was there anything you thought about or listened to while you were drawing it or putting it together? Well, you know, I listen to music all the time. I, uh, I even try listening to music when I write, which is kind of silly, but, um, but when I'm drawing, there's music on 100% of the time. Um, but there's never anything that I play on a loop or anything. Um, okay. There's no, there's no music that is like a scene, you know, like mm -hmm. you know, there's no Ace of Spades uh, playing when he jumps out a window or whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, no sabotage by the Beastie Boys as he, <laughs> as he leaps over, a, you know, a bin of, of refuse or whatever. Um, uh, so not really. I mean, I listen, I listen to a lot of stuff and, uh, yeah, there's nothing specific. Okay, I was just curious. 
Oh, uh, see. <laughs> Seems like the kind of uh, comic that might lend itself to something. So I didn't know if you had anything top of mind, but uh, that's no. that's fine. Uh, I'm I'm very excited for the Zoop campaign and for this book. The preview pages, other folks that I followed on on, on Twitter who have reached out to me about Full Tilt and have asked me, you know, are you going to talk to Jason? Are you going to have Jason on the podcast? <laughs> are you? Jason's been working on this book and it looks amazing. And everything I've seen from it, I agree. So I'm very excited. So like, yeah. as soon as, uh, but, well, by the time this episode um, airs, folks, I'll, I'll put a link in the notes. Folks will be able to go right to check out the Zoop campaign, check out, you know, your website, other things you've worked on. I mean, we've mentioned Kill All Monsters, but I mean, you've, you've, I have credits. It doesn't take doesn't take much uh, googling to find uh, <laughs> some of your other credits, Jason. In terms of some of the stories that you have worked on, whether or not it's for Dark Horse or uh, Marvel, or you know, yeah, any yeah. of the other anthologies you've been involved with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it all blends. Yeah. It all blends. Now. I mean, but. Do you have any particular, you know, highlights though? I mean, other than all the time and everything you've spent on 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 full tilt, which is like just a massive endeavor. And uh, I mean, but there are there other things in terms of your comic book journey? I mean, I I think I read an interview. I, I think you did the art for like Daredevil thirty three, or mm-hmm. you, were, you talked about that. Was there anything like that in particular that you're like, wow, I'm now a piece of this comic book uh. history? Yeah, it's funny, you know, you, you would think that doing, so the, the, yeah, Daredevil 33 was during the, the Wade Insomni run, um, and I was just sort of a fill-in for that, but Chris actually did the layouts for that, so he did most of the heavy lifting, um, and so for me, it's pretty hard for me to, um, to kind of take a victory lap on that one. Okay. <laughs> I always feel like there's like a little asterisk, you know. Yeah, I did I did an issue of Daredevil and then a little asterisk, but not really. Um uh yeah, yeah, there's nothing that ever really I'm trying to think of all the stuff that I might have done. Um that was a moment where I thought like that's pretty awesome. Like that's for sure like like that's that's sweet. Uh I'm just unfortunate that I like I said, I can't take a full victory lap on that one. Um, kill getting the Kill All Monster hardcover put out uh, through Dark Horse was is probably the pinnacle of where I'm at right now. I mean, mm-hmm. it'll change when Full Tilt comes out, probably. But um, but the 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 Kill All Monster book is just it's so well put together. Like Dark Horse actually did a great job um, with you know. The format, the the cover, the, everything is just fantastic. So when I got that book, I was like, "Oh wow, this is this is it!" Like, um, <laughs> this is fantastic. Like, this is what this is why I'm here. This is why I wanted to draw comics. Um, all the stuff that kind of came before, I was happy with. But um, yeah, I think this is another thing is owning owning a chunk of what you make, as opposed to Daredevil or you know uh, Robocop or Dread or whatever. Um, right. You know, they're fun to play with for a short amount of time. And then it's kind of like, yeah, they're, they're not mine. And everything will get retconned back to the way it was before. Um, you know, it's hard to make a lasting. Well, you know, unless you're Chris Somney, who can like, you know, he made a lasting impression. But uh, uh, it's pretty hard to do something like that um, with a 
with an IP that, you know, so many people have had their fingers in. And um, I'm personally, I, 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 the, the comics that I love are the ones that are, that are kind of singular visions of writer artists. Um, and they're following, you know, they're following some sort of muse where, you know, they, they had to do this, you know, I had to make this book. Um, those are generally the ones that really stick out for me. Um, so, uh, so something like Kill All Monsters is, is a book that I'm immensely proud of. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that I would say that that was the book that where I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm nice. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. And now, and now full tilt, the project that you've worked on for over five years, it's over 300 pages. Um, yeah, I uh, am very excited to read the whole thing from what I've seen in the preview pages and from what I've heard from other folks who have seen some of the previews and have have know you. Um, but I just I, I just I love the concept of the story and I, I, I can't wait. I encourage everyone listening to go check out the Zoop campaign. I mean, it looks amazing in black and white and like I said earlier, it just kind of ticks all these types of boxes. We're we're in the future. I love the character name. I love the look of him and the idea like he's in this terrible situation and has to basically make his way, you know, across the city through the five different families who all want him dead and mm-hmm. he's being pursued by others. It, it just there's just it's it's a great comic book kind of concept and it looks great and it just looks so well executed so i am very excited to to read it and i wish you you know uh all the success on it oh thanks so much jimmy i really appreciate that um and so yeah i i don't know if there's anything else you want to you know mention like your your last like full tilt uh, pitch to anybody, but I, <laughs> I just encourage everyone to go check it out. I mean, because what you, something you just said about the, like that kind of, uh, singular vision of, you know, writer and artist. And I think whether or not it's collaborative or whether someone like you, where you're kind of doing both, um, in terms, in terms of those that you kind of have taken this, this thing, this idea, and poured all of these different influences, different concepts, your training, and kind of put it into this story that you've been like wanting to tell, executed it your way. Um, I, I just I, I love that about comics. You know, I love that we have these moments, these images that are kind of frozen like on the page, and they're always there. And uh, it's not like a movie that I have to, you know, watch again and get to that certain point. I can just open up that book and I can look and I can see that scene and it feels like alive. And I just, I, I love that. That's why I love comics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And the nice thing about this book is that it will be oversized. So it's, uh, it's 300, well, 308 um, story pages. It'll be a hardcover and it'll be oversized. So. Uh, very much along the lines of the absolute size. Um, it's like uh, eight by twelve, roughly seven seven point eight by twelve. Wow! Um, yeah, and three, like I say, three hundred and eight story pages, and uh, it's it's going to be an object. You know what I mean? Like it's right. It's something that you can that you can display. Like it's going to, and the cover is fantastic. I don't know if you've seen the cover. Um, I think you probably have the. Uh, 
Tim Daniel did Tim the, Daniel, right? Yeah, Tim Daniel uh, did the cover. Yeah, he did the logo too. Um, I never, I never, I mean, I give him props all the time, but I always forget to talk about uh, the fact that you know he did the he did the logo and he uh, he he nailed that cover. Like I just I I sit and I look at it. It's like the home screen on my iPad, and I just like I'll just hit the the home button just so it comes up so I can look at it again. It's so nice. Yeah, it's um, a fantastic cover yeah. for anyone that hasn't seen it go check it out but i think it shows the main character like kind of a half view with a cigarette yeah. right and it kind of points cigarette kind of points at the full tilt logo it is it's exceptional yeah i mean it is it is very very good like tim knocked it out of the park yeah he's fantastic yeah, yeah. and he's a great guy too that's 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 the, the icing on top of the cake there um yeah tim's a great guy no that's that's good to know. It's like it's it's nice when you see some something that somebody did really well, and it's like, oh, they're also a decent person. <laughs> yeah, well, I kind of surround myself with good people. I uh, I kind of pride myself on uh, on making sure that I I I stick with the great people and I let the others just pass by. <laughs> see you later, bye bye. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the key. Um, well, Jason, I I cannot. I don't want to take up any more of your time. I cannot yeah, thank no you enough for coming on to talk about Full Tilt. I mean, it looks it looks great. I can't wait to see the rest of it. I can't wait to see the lettered pages. But like I said, for anyone who's still listening, which I hope is all <laughs> of you who started on this journey with us. Um, but yeah, I I want to see I I want to see Massimo Miller's journey. I want to see. I want to see how he gets to wherever he ends up and what happens to him along the way. I think um, it looks great. And I think there's just so many elements of this that sound like things like I'm I'm interested in when when there's a comic or a TV show or a movie and that has those types of things in there. Um, you know, uh corrupt law enforcement and uh a a a disenfranchised, despondent populace. And I, I love, I love the, some of the things you talked about. The fact that you made every, you know, area of the city owned by a different crime family, like the different architecture, like all those types of details. Um, yeah. So I'm very excited for it. Sounds, uh, you know, absolutely fantastic. And um, you, as soon as ever folks are done listening, go check out the, the Zoop campaign. That's right. And, it may even already be funded. Who knows? <laughs> Fingers crossed. We're living in the future right now. <laughs> Any, anything could have happened. <laughs> that's right. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think I think this is a comic you're not going to want to miss. I think this is going to be one that folks talk about. And the other thing I want to say to anyone listening is that um, if you want more stories like this, where a writer, an artist. Uh, together or like Jason, a writer, artist, artist, writer can uh, <laughs> tell the story the way they want it. Then I think you have to support that because that's the only way you're going to get more of it is if um, we show the folks making it that it's feasible, you know, to do it. I mean, there is an economics to this where like you have to support those things that are interesting, that are different, that are good in order to get more of it. So, um, you know, there, any, anytime you get a chance to do that, you see somebody really putting their heart and soul and all their effort into something and they're telling a really good story. And if you really love comics, I think you got to check it out and you got to support it if you can. 
And uh, I hope I hope folks do because I'm really excited excited about about full tilt. So J- Jason, thank you very much for coming on today. My pleasure. Thanks, Jimmy. All right, and everyone, if you like uh, listen to me trying to get through a full sentence after working all day, please rate and review us and say nice things about us on social media. Um, you've heard me say that before if you've listened to any other episodes, but we do appreciate it. We do like to hear that you like uh, that you like the podcast. And so for Comic Book Yeti, I am Jimmy Gasparro, and uh, I will see you next time. Thanks, Jason. You're welcome. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptid Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.